LeeTDickey.com. What's going on, everybody? Lee Dickey here. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast. Today, as I record this intro, it is November 30th. It is minus two Celsius. And the audio gold continues as I sit out here in one of my many outdoor offices in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Today, I am joined by one of my very good friends within the broadcast business and in all of life itself, Christopher McIntyre of the Aboriginal People's Television Network's National News. That's APTN. And we swap broadcasting stories because our paths kind of are mirrored as we both went to Seneca College in Toronto to study radio. Now, Chris, he's worked for Shown FM, CFYT. He's currently with APTN out in Whitehorse, the Yukon Territory. And we get to talk all things broadcasting and where our journeys in this wonderful world of radio and television and media have taken us. It was an awesome time to have Chris on the show. It was a real pleasure. Chris, if you're listening to this, if you ever want to do another episode, please do just hit me up and we will get you on the show again. But he is one of my very good friends within broadcasting and in all of life itself. So I love just getting to talk to him about broadcasting. You get to hear about some stories uh, about his time at CBC, about his time with Shown FM, and an interesting sort of blurb and flub, if you want to call it that, with him trying to get to a station in Hawaii, as well as some time with Chum FM here in Toronto, and a little story about my first time directing a live television show here in the city of Toronto is on this episode as well within this interview. So if you want to follow Chris and APTN, that's the Aboriginal People's Television Network, you can check your local listings for where APTN is available in your area, but of course I will link as many links as I can below. You can also hear his work, Southside City Swag, which was his old radio show, and here with Chris Mack, which was another radio show that I was on back in the day, but I will post those links in the description below as well. If you want to find Chris on social media, search Christopher McIntyre on Facebook, but I will post as many links below so you can find and interact with Chris down in the description. But now that you know about my guest and where you can find him and what he's all about, I'm going to tell you where you can find me, Lee T. Dickey, the host of the Beats and Speaks podcast, and this show, The Beats and Speaks Podcast. Of course, The Beats and Speaks Podcast is available on my official website, leetdickey.com, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever podcasts are available. Please do comment, like, share, and subscribe. Like and rate us five stars because that helps us climb in rankings, which helps us produce more episodes, or at least helps me produce more episodes to give to you guys because I love doing this show, all right? You can find us on YouTube as well. We're under Lee Dickey TV, but of course, all those links are in the description. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lee T. Dickey. If you please would leave us reviews on your favorite podcast app and player of choice, it would be greatly appreciated. You can leave reviews on the official Beats and Speaks podcast landing page on my website, LeeTDickey.com, and I will feature them right there on 
my official website, leetdickey.com, as well as read them out right here on the Beats and Speech podcast. You can also leave reviews on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash leetdickey. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast, please do email me at leetdickey at gmail.com and we will set something up so you and I can have a good old-fashioned conversation and you can find yourself right here on a future episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast talking about whatever it is that you wish, whatever it is that your little heart desires. Get a hold of me and we will have you on the show. All right, now that all the housekeeping is out of the way, now that all the salt and pepper is taken care of and on the steak and on your dish of choice let's get to the real main event my interview with christopher mcintyre of the aboriginal people tele- the aboriginal people's television networks national news aptn's christopher mcintyre right here right now on a brand new episode of the beats and speaks podcast what's going on everybody this is christopher mcintyre and you're listening to my favorite podcast the beats and speaks podcast with lee dickey chris chris mcintyre thank you sir for joining us this week on the beats and speaks podcast as i record this from a coffee shop and uh you know i i appreciate the time that you're taking out of your busy schedule because you are more popular than i and probably more in demand than i am so why don't you take a few minutes or take as long as you need to pretty much introduce yourself to my audience and tell them who you are. All right. Well, thank you for having me on your show, Lee. It's always a pleasure. Um, I enjoy any time that we get to chat. So uh, my name is Christopher McIntyre. I am a reporter with APTN National News. Uh, I've been in the broadcast industry since, I would say, 2009. Lee and I met when we went to college at Seneca in Toronto. Pretty pretty soon after that, I moved to the Yukon, uh, started volunteering with a place called CFYT Radio, had a show called Southside City Swag, which was an all-Canadian hip-hop show. Um, that went pretty successful until about 2015. Um, and then I kind of took a break because, you know, the career wasn't going anywhere. I had a full-time job in a completely different industry. I was just like, eh, you know, it isn't meant to be. But um, my philosophy is... If if it's something you love to do, you got to continue. Were you did, you mentioned you mentioned that you you know took a break after about 2015. Were you kind of burnt out? Well, yeah, because uh, at that time, at that time when I was doing Southside City Swag, I had a very high. Uh, I was probably the only one that did, um, and I had a big sense of self entitlement. So I would reach out to all these different agencies and say, "This is my stuff. Why haven't you hired me yet?" Uh, and after getting rejected multiple times and basically embarrassed and, you know, big egg on my face, I said, if I haven't done it yet, it's not going to happen. So I, I took a break. And then, uh, yeah, so as everything, you know, if it's a passion, you're, you always find a way to do it. So I still continue to do it. I did a show called Here with Chris Mack. Um, it was nominated for an NCR, NCRA award. Uh, that kind of rekindled the passion. So I decided that I would hand out my resume to uh, hand out my resume again. And luckily I got picked up by Shown FM and I did a couple months worth of the Indigenous Dreamers. And uh, that led me to today where I now work for ABTN National News as a reporter representing the whole Yukon. Yeah, and I've seen some of your stuff. Um, I think one of the more recent ones that I saw was a piece that you did on a documentary. So can you elaborate a bit on that? Yes, so uh, the documentary is called We Will Stand Up. It follows the story of 
Colton Bushy's family in Saskatchewan. Colton Bushy was a Cree man who went onto a farmer's property with his friends, and in a result of that, he ended up getting shot in the back of the head um, by the farmer. The farmer was acquitted, and uh, so the documentary basically follows the whole process of, you know, the, the court, um, the, the ruling of him being acquitted, and just the, the pain that, that, that followed afterwards. Um, it really shined a light on the systemic racism that's in Saskatchewan and in Canada as a whole. You mean in terms of what's what's going on with the Cree nations and stuff like that? Oh, just in, indigenous people in general, um, and you know it's kind of, it's kind of like that everywhere. We're same kind of with the states where African Americans and and Caucasians, you know, it's, it's kind of it's kind of like that everywhere. So um, the film came to Whitehorse. I met um, Jade Tutusis, which is Colton Bushy's cousin, and she told me about the film. And it was kind of a, a very a very eye opening. Thing for me because as an indigenous man that never really grew up around that kind of how do I put it you know I, I was never really around any other indigenous people mm-hmm. so I was really blind to how it really is and so this was a very humbling a very eye-opening a very uh, very difficult topic to uh, to cover well, difficult as it may be I'm sure like to see I mean subject matter aside to see sort of indigenous things covered in film or in media and of course the subject matter of the film aside did it somewhat make you proud that like they were shining a spotlight on indigenous indigenous people um as a whole in film anyway well yeah yeah when you, when you think of it like that like you know they the indigenous people uh the music the culture it's there i mean and it's only getting more put into the spotlight Unfortunately, this film had to be made. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, whether you're a filmmaker or not, that's just kind of a buzz. But I yeah. mean, yes, it is good that it's kind of a, a buy, uh, for us, bias situation. And that, that does make me proud. It makes me proud that, you know, my people, whether it's Cree or Metis or Blackfoot or Gwich'in, you know, we all have something to offer and, and anybody, it's just like anybody, right? Like not just indigenous, anybody, if you have something to offer, why wouldn't you uh, offer it basically? Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you just put it out there and see what happens? Exactly. The worst that you can, the worst that can happen is you fail, but you learn from your mistakes and you come back stronger. So you're in, in uh, Whitehorse now and you're about three hours behind where I am. The one thing that uh, I've, at least I don't know much about Whitehorse anyhow, but does it, does it seem a little, at least from where I sit, um, aside from a coffee shop table, it seems that Whitehorse is somewhat like disconnected from the rest of Canada. Do you feel that at all? <laughs> no. So that's probably the misconception that everybody has about the Yukon, uh, myself included when I was living in Toronto. Um, my mom told me one day while I was sitting in my dorm that she moved to the Yukon and I was like, what? Why does anybody move to the Yukon? What's in the Yukon? Like, what's up there? So, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, like, Whitehorse is just like a small city. It has Walmart, has Canadian Tire, has two Starbucks, a couple McDonald's. Uh, we basically have everything that, you know, Toronto, well, maybe we should put it up. We have everything that a city should have. Yeah. Uh, so, no, not really disconnected. Yeah, we do have a little bit more or different sort of issues that we deal with, say, mm-hmm. like, minus 50 weather. Or sun all day and all for, night in the summer, but for basically six months, yeah, yeah, 
uh, but basically it's the the same. So no, it's just like even if we went to Vancouver, it'd be kind of the same. You spent time in uh, Vancouver and Victoria, no? Uh, so yeah, I lived in Nanaimo for a month or half a month, a year. So what what was that like going from like? Did you go from Toronto to Whitehorse and Whitehorse to Nanaimo? Uh, so we went from Dawson City, which is about five hours north of Whitehorse, which is completely small. It's a gold rush town. If you mm -hmm. Googled it, you'd be like, they haven't updated the pictures since the 1800s. Uh, so that's Dawson. So we uh, went from Dawson to Nanaimo on the island, and that was awesome. I would say that Vancouver Island is probably one of my favorite places to live. And if I ever had a chance to go back, if it was affordable, I would definitely do that. And it was kind of sad to come back to uh, go back to Dawson. But then, you know, that's yeah. life. Well, such is the business, right? It's the nature of the beast. Exactly. Got to go where the money is. You're just constantly moving around. So, I mean, with us both being in broadcasting per se, I mean, I'm just the guy hosting a podcast that I'm surprised people listen to and take the time to review and want to come on. But what are some of your most favorite memories of being in the business for as long as you have? All right. Well, first off, don't sell yourself short, man. Like you're, you're putting in work and you're putting it in consistently, which is a lot more than a lot of people do. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're just as in it as I am, man. So yeah, never sell yourself short. You're just as good as everybody else and doing better. If not, you know, just that, at what they're doing. So just got to say that. Well, um, I, I appreciate the vote, the vote of confidence. <laughs> uh, so one of my favorite, it's kind of a, an embarrassing moment, but it was really, it was really eye-opening as I applied to a job or I applied for a job in Hawaii on the radio at uh, uh, Ohana Broadcast Company. Okay. And um, so meanwhile, this is when I was working for Highways and Public Works in Dawson. So I'm driving was around that, in the work. Was the Ohana Broadcast uh, Company, was that station Kumu by any chance? You remember? Uh, in Kumu? Or? No, was that, was that, were those the, uh, the call letters? No, uh, ABC. Okay. I, I'm not sure Good I know thing. it then. Yeah, it's kind of weird because Ohana Broadcast Company and it's uh, an O. Yeah, I don't really get that part. But uh, yeah, so I applied. I sent in my resume. I was feeling really comfortable because I had contact with uh, one of the top radio DJs in the company. And yeah. he said, yeah, man, apply. So I sent in my resume and I didn't hear anything for, uh, you know, like a day or two. Right. Now, what people need to know about me is I'm a, I have a very obsessive personality. So if I didn't hear back in a day or two, which typically, you know, they need to review the, there's a process when you apply for a job. So nothing ever happens that quickly. But, you know, me, I got to, uh, I got to call them and ask if they got my resume. So I called and I, I had my whole script all rehearsed. I knew what I was going to say. say I was going to yeah. wow them. Uh, but I got the answering machine. So nice. I said, Oh, hey, this is uh, Chris McIntyre uh, from Canada. Um, and, you know, I, uh, I sent you a resume, but uh, I'm just wondering if... Uh, 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 uh. Oh, jeez. Um, so, basically, I bombed that, that, that answering message. Yeah, yeah. So, Hello, brother. Add, in, add insult to injury, I was like, no, I got a call and I got to redeem myself now. So, I called back. And I got the, the same day again. Yeah. Oh, like five minutes after. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, I got the answering machine again, and sure enough, I was like, uh, "This is uh, Chris McIntyre. I uh, just called a couple minutes ago, and uh, I just want to apologize if I sounded really stupid." Uh, 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 uh. Well, I mean, yeah, at least you were know. honest about it. <laughs> <laughs> you well, know. needless to say, I didn't get the job. <laughs> 
I mean, that, that would be a dream job because, I mean, I remember going out to Hawaii just on a vacation about six years, six and a half years ago, and just thinking, like, I wouldn't mind visiting here. Like, it's a beautiful place, but I just, to me, I know it's a rock in the middle of the ocean, basically, and I'm not throwing shade at Hawaii. It's a beautiful, beautiful place, but for me, anyway, I would need to be connected to, like, the mainland, so to speak. Yeah, I can feel that, but, I mean... I don't know, tan skin, good food, tattoos, long hair, good music. Yeah. Uh, I'm home. Uh, that's, that's all me, man. Just point me in the direction of an IHOP. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly, man. Actually, and the funny thing is, like, my uncle lives right um, – there's, there's an IHOP, like, right behind his house. So For breakfast every day. Pretty much, yeah. Because he lives out in um, Pearl City. We went out there, you know, the last time I was in Hawaii about six and a half years ago. And it was just – I mean, it was nice for the two weeks that we were there. But I was just like, man, if – I could somehow like pack the weather in my suitcase. Yeah, no kidding, eh? Well, aside from like bombing on somebody's answering machine, <laughs> you have any other interesting uh, broadcast stories you want to share? All right, sure. So uh, I got invited to. So I. So after I was in the Yukon, I moved here in 2009. It was about 2010, 2011. I took my girlfriend to move back to Toronto. I was taking a break from Southside invited to Chum FM to sit mm -hmm. in uh, with Roger Darren in Maryland and right. Dr. Oz and Dr. Oz was on and uh, so they were asking me questions about the Yukon and of course because I was the only one that actually was in the office from the Yukon you would mm -hmm. expect that I would know how to answer the questions and uh, yeah once again I had I had a big egg on my face there and I had no idea what they were talking about and I took their jokes as serious comments and the answers I gave them were kind of like huh really just sort of like so you sort of stone-faced the whole segment there yeah no it was kind of a kind of an embarrassing moment and it was funny because yeah. that what i learned later on was that visit was kind of like a pre-interview uh -oh. to see if i would be capable to be a part of the company and uh the producer never gave me a call back after i left <laughs> oh brother well i mean i remember even i i could tell you about the interview i had this morning um i was interviewing someone about Star Wars from Australia. Now, he was a great guest. The interview, it went well when we finally got it recorded. There was nothing wrong with the content of the interview. My guest in general, he was fantastic. The issue was my Wi-Fi was being a giant pain in the ass. Oh, no. <laughs> it just, it wouldn't hold. So we had to re-record re that interview from this morning about five times. The poor guy is in... Australia. So we recorded that at 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. Eastern time. It's midnight in Australia the next day. <laughs> so the poor guy is having to, A, put up with technical issues on my end. B, he's patient enough to want to sit through that because we had to restart about five times. And I was just like, oh, man, this guy's never going to come on the show again. But surprisingly, it went well. And you know, I think we're trading guest spots now, but at the same time, I was, I was embarrassed that I just, you know, I should have everything, all my ducks should be in a row, and we should be good to go and record for maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, or whatever, what have you. But after having, like, four or five snafus in a matter of, like, 30 minutes, I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. Thankfully, we got it in the can, and he was gracious enough to hang out for a little bit afterwards. 
see, that's what it's all about, man. You just got to push through. Uh, my last kind of kind of the same story. I was uh, interviewing uh, an artist by the name of Kylie Coyote. And uh, for you listeners, go check out Kylie Coyote's music. He's a great hip hop artist uh, from out east. But um, we had a conversation. It was a wonderful conversation. Uh, it was about truth and reconciliation. He had just dropped a song. Uh, the topic was missing and murdered indigenous women and, and girls. So it was a pretty heavy topic, but great conversation. As soon as I got off the phone, I realized I didn't record any of it. And I had the embarrassment to uh, call him back and say, uh, hey, great story. But uh, you mind doing that exactly the same way we did it, but tomorrow. And uh, you, you, got, you just got to give shout out to the, to the guests that, you know, they're willing to, to share their story again. And they understand, you know, things happen. And uh, so the next day we got the, the conversation down and it was good. And I wiped the sweat off my forehead. But yeah, man, those kind of instances, they happen. And uh, you just got to push, push through. You got to push through. I mean, and here's a little behind the scenes tidbit. When it comes to this interview that Chris and I are doing now, yes, we're old friends from college. Yes, we've known each other, say, like 10, 12 years. We tried to record this interview three times. <laughs> I think this is either yep. I think this is either attempt three or four. And thankfully, everything today is holding out because the first time we did it, great conversation. Problem was, I didn't hit record. <laughs> Second time we did it, I don't know what happened. Nothing was working. Couldn't get anything. Recorded. Yeah, I couldn't hear you. I couldn't hear your voice, I think, that, and you couldn't hear my voice or something like that. I couldn't hear you. You couldn't hear me. Just technology decides to work when it wants, and today, thankfully, it's working. You'd think in 2019 these problems would be problem-solved by now. It would be, you know, you'd think we just have a, a smoother sort of connection flow, if you will, right? Everybody's doing things like this, so you might just want to have one set sort of, I suppose, set of rules where just sign in, be connected to Wi-Fi or whatever, and go. No, we still got to troubleshoot. And like that's <laughs> I think the, it's, that's no the thing. About, that's that's the thing about doing things like this. I mean, you're you know three hours behind, and obviously I'm in the Eastern Time Zone, but it, I suppose it is what it is. It all depends on like connection speeds or what have you. And it's all humbling, right? I mean, it puts it in perspective that uh, or sorry about my language, but happens. And, uh, you know, just to, when you think you're perfect, something's going to happen to put you back to where you need to be. And you go, oh, okay. All right. Now we're back. fine. 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 I'll be humble for a few minutes. That's all you can be. Yeah. I just, well, I mean, those were interesting times. I'll tell you, I, um, I suppose I could tell you another, I remember my first broadcast gig that was outside of Seneca. You remember easy rock? Yep. So I was there for, I don't know two months, something like that. And I'm obviously, I'm just working as an intern. I'm working on their morning show, which is something I didn't expect. So they're like, yeah, you got to get here at like before five in the morning. And I, at the time I'm like 19 years old. Right. So I get there, it's fine. And then one day they ask me to go through a newspaper and pick out some stories they can use. Here's the thing, the stories that I thought they could use, they'd already used. So I didn't know what to do at that point. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and like not touch anything. Cause I'm afraid like if I sneeze, something's going to blow up. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's the thing with any sort of career, especially in broadcasting or whatever you choose to do. When you're a young kid, you're afraid of everything. 
Like I'm, I was afraid of my own shadow until probably like my late twenties, you know, and that's, it's just something that you have to sort of get over. But I mean, for the two months I was there, it was a good learning experience. I went from that to working at uh, 680 for a couple months just to meet the requirements to um, get my diploma. But, you know, those were some good times. I mean, I remember one time at 680, this lady sent an email to um, the account that I had at the station and asked if I could find a story on, I think, OxyClean. <laughs> okay. And I just, uh, and I spent probably my entire shift, which was like eight hours from like 10 in the morning till six in the evening, looking for this story on OxyClean. And I couldn't find it because it was like a couple of days old and the station had like, just, they obviously they have banks of the stuff that they do. And I'm going through logs and audio from like the last couple of days looking for it. Cause thankfully she gave me like a, a time frame, So I'm not going through like 24 hours of audio, but I had to email her back at the end of the day and said, look, I can't find it. I mean, it must've been like a commercial or a promo. And she's like, Oh yeah, don't worry. It, I was, I figured out it was just a promo or a commercial. And I thought <laughs> I've spent Damn. eight hours. I was like, okay. And I think she was from Saskatchewan because she ended the, um, the email with, well, thanks. Go writers go. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Cool. Great. Thanks. <laughs> like that's, there you go, man. That's how you spend a Friday after like an entire Friday, just combing through audio from the last couple of days and just trying to find a story on OxyClean. <laughs> that's wild, man. Yeah. That's the, the things that we do, eh? It, well, I mean, at, th at that point I remember like, I'm doing this to make someone else happy. And then like, there came a point where I was like, you know, I'm going to start doing things that make me happy, you know, but well, um, there was this one time uh, when I was, I was uh, for a year, I did artist profiles for CBC uh, airplay with Dave, airplay with Dave white on CBC Yukon. And, I remember uh, listening to uh, some of those. They were good. <laughs> so I was into my third, I believe. And what I would do is I did this from Dawson and CBC was in Whitehorse. So I had the ability to, you know, do it through the phone. So this particular segment that I was going to do live, I was in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had my iPad and my girlfriend and her sister were at a restaurant and I got the call from Dave White ready to do it. So I had to get out of the restaurant and go into this alleyway, which I thought, you know, it's, it's relatively quiet. I have my iPad. I can sit here on the dumpster and I can, we can do this. Yeah, no problem. So, right? yeah. so I uh, opened up my iPad, my iPad and uh, I had deleted my whole script and everything I was going to say about this artist and all the oh. clips that were going to be on there. And uh, I can wing it. I know basically what I'm talking about. Yeah. So me and Dave started our conversation. And just like always, uh, something has to happen. And this alleyway got so busy. It was so loud. People were walking around, slamming doors. It, it was insane. So on top of the, the chaos in the alleyway, I forgot everything that I was supposed to say. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on. So I pretty much stumbled my way through the segment. Um, thankful to be done. Like, I think I skipped over half of it just to be finished. So it aired. Uh, it was on live. And I got a call from the artist who was listening and pretty much said, you know, you uh, misrepresented me. That's everything you said was wrong. And, 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 and. And I just felt like it. this was kind of my first, this was my first moment to feel like maybe I'm not cut out for this industry because this was such a big cluster that was out of my control. Yeah. You know, you always feel like there's something more you could 
this. But yeah. in the sense, you know, that once again, these moments have to happen to, to put you into a spot where you need to be. And so I apologize. I said, you know what? I f***ed up. I should have been better. But, uh, yeah, no, they, they, they happen. They happen. See, well, I mean, like, I've worked behind the scenes most, well, obviously, in both radio and TV. And, like, you have bad days. Believe me, I remember working a weekend um, show for uh, one of the major companies here. And it was a sort of a religious access community programming show. So we would tape on the weekends. So you'd be there from, I'd say, like on a Saturday from about 10 in the, like 9.30, 10 in the morning till about 4.30, 5 in the afternoon. You're taping about four episodes um, with a couple different groups, per se. They pay for the airtime. Fine, no problem. At that, I remember one particular day where I was running the tape machine. So I'm the one responsible for getting things on tape. And at that juncture, they were still using beta tapes. That's, that's how old things were back then. And this was like 2010, 2011. So we're, and we can't leave until all four shows are on tape. So I'm, and obviously it's the weekend and I hate to say it as much as I love this business and as much as I love the job, nobody wants to work on the weekends. Nobody in any industry that you work in, nobody wants to work on the weekends. So it's probably, we started taping at about noon and we go to, hit record because these things are on a, a time clock and I kept missing my cues. Like we had to do the same tape like four times. And I'm, oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I, cause you can't sort of, what you have to do is you have to get like your bars and slate on tape plus like some tone just to make sure that there's audio. And then you launch into like the opening of the show and that whole process could take up to about a minute and a half and the setting things up to record takes another minute or so. So you're looking at two and a half minutes, say, and it's just, all right, we missed it. Let's go back again. All right, we missed it. Let's go back again. All right, we missed it. Let's go back again. After about the fourth time, my, you know, the producer I was working with was like, hey, Lee, you all right back there? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm having a day. <laughs> it, it was just brutal. I mean, I, I remember like I worked my way up from working with tape deck machines on that show to directing it. And there was a, a time where I like, the thing about me is I I know I can direct. I just choose not to. Because <laughs> it, it's That's just, awesome. there's so much pressure when it comes to like directing an actual TV show. Ready camera one, take one. You know, ready uh, name key, put that in. I'm just, and I was so far out of my element. Like I was directing within, I don't know, I think it took me a couple of years, but within a couple of years I was directing. And I just, I kind of thought like, oh brother, I am so far out of my element and so far over my head right now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of uh, my situation now. So, I mean, like doing show on FM, I've always really been great at radio. Well, I don't want to say great because, you know, who am I to say I'm great? But um, I've always, my passion's always been radio. So when I had this opportunity to be on TV, it was kind of like, what? I don't know. Sure. So uh, one of my first stories was Indigenous Day Live. And of course, because I'm brand new, the universe has to shake it up a little bit and says, okay, well, Whitehorse is going to be one of the main hubs for Canada Day and Indigenous Day Live. So we are going, or it's Indigenous Day, and then it's Indigenous Day Live, which was the day after, and that's where ABTN was going to host this huge concert. So I had to uh, get out there, and I had to do my first stand-up, which is basically 
telling the viewers who was going to be on stage and to, you know, kind of like a promotion. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd never done that before. And so you think, how easy could it be, right? You're just talking in front of the camera. Well, after about an hour and a half, I had a bunch of people sitting in the field watching me now because I'm, I don't even make it through the first sentence. My cameraman has taken off his headphones. He's just like wandering around. He's, he has, he's lost all confidence in me. I'm sweating to death because I'm wearing a, a freaking jacket in the middle of July. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm panicking. I'm bombing. It is terrible. I want to just crawl into a hole and die. Yeah. Uh, so we're like, all right, let's move inside. Uh, so kind of the same thing. It was just painful to get through. Um, so we pre-recorded it because it was going to air the next day. Mm -hmm. And it was supposed to give this live illusion. But outside the next day was a thunderstorm. And it was completely not what we had recorded the day before. And it was just a big, once again, a big cluster. And yeah. it's just like another moment where it's like, am I really cut out for this kind of thing? Like I am way in over my head here, but you know, we get put in these situations for a reason, man. So yeah. like the fact that you were directing that that's huge. I have like huge respects for that. Cause I couldn't even imagine, like I'm surprised that I get up every day and do this job. So that I, I couldn't even imagine being a director. That's wild. Well, I mean like I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. And cause you're only going to get better at something if you're around people that are better than you. And they taught me as best they could, but still, I think it was just one of those things where I, when it came to, you can understand the philosophy of directing, but the minute I think it came to de uh, delivering on the producer's wishes and what everybody wanted, I think that's what got me. It's like, okay, they're expecting a certain level and I'm just trying to get through a half an hour show. <laughs> I mean, there were, I, there were days where, because to get to um, the director's chair, obviously, I had to basically do everything in the control room. And to get there, I had to learn how to switch the cameras. So it's basically like a director tells me to take camera one. I'm the guy that pushes the button that makes you see camera one, which was fine. I was comfortable with that. I could work a switcher with my eyes closed at that point. Now, granted, don't take me up on that offer because it's just not going to go well. <laughs> You'll probably just stare at a blank screen. But I became proficient enough where I could take whatever camera you wanted and like I you know became accustomed to the board so it was fine when I had to hand the reins over to somebody else it was just kind of like oh man I'm the guy that's responsible for everything you see I'm kind of nervous I was, I was so scared and you, you're gonna have snafus and I did you know there were there were issues one uh, one director flub that I can see is that like some of the shows that I worked, most of the shows that I worked on were live to air. So there's no like one-ups, there's no continues. They're live and whoever sees it, they see it. I'm just like, oh brother, all right. And the, the guy who was the director usually wasn't there one day because I think he had some sort of uh, operation on like his septum or what, what have you. And because I'm basically next in line, I was his switcher. I was his, his technical director. There, you know, the producer came to me on the weekend and was like, you're going to direct on Tuesday. And I went, uh-huh. I didn't want to direct. I didn't want to direct at all. But what am I going to say? No. You know, because I can't do that. It's, it's an opportunity, right? And they'll never let me in the chair again. So I just said, yeah, sure. Knowing that, oh, geez, I'm going to, I sweat buckets for like three days. And it went over as well as I could have hoped. Uh, I remember having, trying to read like name keys for these people. And I'm looking up at a small monitor, and this is the point where I realized I probably should have gotten my eyes checked because I, <laughs> I could barely make them out. And I'm just like, all right, we're here for an hour. 
let's get through this show. Because at that point, I was so nervous that – because it's sort of like an audition, right? I, I would always picture things in that regard as like an audition. Whatever you do is an audition to get somewhere further and is to, and not, an audition to get further up the ladder. And I was just like, all right, you know what? If I flub it, I flub it. I really – at that point, I had gotten – to uh, a place where I was like, if I flub it, I don't care. There's always tomorrow. I mean, I'll improve, but I have tomorrow. I think that's what people need to understand more so in society, not just in broadcasting, but in life that, you know what? There's always tomorrow. Like You could have a really <laughs> day today, but once you get home, you know, take off your shoes, have a drink, have a cigarette if you need to, or, you know, go for a run, go to the gym. There's always tomorrow. And I think that's a, I think that's a pretty important lesson to know. Well, Chris, I appreciate uh, the time that uh, you've taken today. One last question before I let you go. Right on. If there is anything within life or broadcasting or whatever is left out there, is there anything on your bucket list that you want to accomplish? Been on the three times, so I mean, I've exceeded it three times. Well, there I you know. go. I think, it, I think it's just to. Uh, continue to do what I love to do and never you never never do something that what is it like not sell out but never do something if I don't believe in it so I mean just continue doing what I love to do and give it a hundred percent and to uh help help wherever I can and you know just just live happy I guess true words were never spoken Chris, uh, thank you for taking the time to do this for the third or fourth time. I've lost count <laughs> at this point. So hopefully this one is recorded and stays in the can this time. But uh, well, if not, there's always next time. Yeah, right. Exactly. There's always like next year or next month. But hey, man, uh, there's always tomorrow. That's the lesson. That's the that, whole point. That's there's true. Always there's, tomorrow. there's always tomorrow. But uh, I appreciate the fact that uh, you wanted to come on and do this again. And uh, I, I appreciate your time. And it was, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. If you're on, uh, if you're on uh, social media, where can uh, my listeners find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, you can go to uh, SoundCloud, Southside City Swag, my old radio conversations. If you like hip hop, you can go to Here with Chris Mack. If you like uh, more conversations about everything, you can go to CFYT.com. There's some interviews there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just just watch APTN. You'll, I'm sure you'll see me there. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. If you want to see this guy, you watch APTN. Check your local listings. And or like any, anywhere on the internet, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So, Chris, thanks again. And uh, we will see you down the road, my friend. I look forward to it, man. Thanks. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Well, there it is. There you have it. There you go. My interview with Christopher McIntyre of APTN. That's the Aboriginal People's Television Network's national news right here on the Beats and Speaks podcast. Chris, thank you once again for coming on the show. It's always a real pleasure to get to talk to you, sir. It was a real pleasure to get to talk to you about your time in broadcasting, your time in radio, television, and all things media, and kind of our mirrored paths and career choices it was a real real pleasure thank you once again for coming on if you ever want to do another episode please do just reach out and let me know and we can get you right here right back on the beats and speaks podcast there is always going to be a spot for you here my inbox is always on and my door is always open or my door is always on and my inbox is always open depending on which side of the coin you're looking at that from but thank you once again for coming on the show to get in touch with my guest, Christopher McIntyre, I will post as many links as I can find 
in the description below to find aptn check your local listings but of course i will link their website below as well to listen to chris's work Southside city swag and here with chris mack those links will be in the description as well down below go check him out but thank you once again for listening to a brand new episode of the beats and speaks podcast remember new episodes of the beats and speaks podcast go live every single friday at midnight eastern time on itunes apple podcast spotify my official website leetdickey.com and wherever podcasts are available please do like and rate us five stars because that helps us climb in the rankings which helps me produce more shows and more episodes and more content for you guys you can find us on youtube as well under lee dickey tv of course all those links will be in the description if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast, please do email me at leetdickey at gmail.com and we can set something up. Leave reviews on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcast app and player of choice. You can also leave reviews on my official website under the Beats and Speaks podcast official landing page, as well as my official Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash leetdickey. But that concludes another episode of the beats and speaks podcast remember new episodes go live every single friday at midnight eastern time on my official website leetdickey.com and your favorite podcast app and player of choice but thank you once again i have been lee dickey this has been another episode of the beats and speaks podcast thank you again to my guest christopher mcintyre of aptn it's a real real pleasure to have you on chris and if you ever want to do another episode please do just let me know but until next week until next time this is lee dickey for the beats and speaks podcast signing off peace leetdickey.com